Hello, and welcome to episode 31 of Game Time with Manny. I feel kind of bad because I kind of made like a personal resolution to put out one episode a month in 2018. Um... I failed that two months in, uh, but it's not like I wanted to do that. I got sick. So I put out the Game of the Year podcast, episode 30, uh, on January 1st, and then in February, I was like, oh, cool, I'm going to talk about Monster Hunter World, and then I like got a cold basically the day I was going to record the podcast, and I was like, oh, well, this this will go away. And then I basically had a cold for like two, two and a half weeks, and now we're in early March. Um, so... As I have said on the Facebook page and things like that, I am going to record this podcast here and then put up another second one in March. But the reason we are here for episode 31 is that we are going to be talking about the Switch. Today is March 3rd, 2018, and the Switch officially turns one years old today. One year old, I should say. Um... The last podcast I did about the Switch was before it even came out, so I hadn't had any hands-on or anything like that, and it was kind of just me speculating about what it would be like and my expectations for it. And now we're here, a year later, and I have many thoughts about the Switch. Uh, I will go over what I like about the Switch, what it has done in its first year, and where I think it's headed in 2018. And so without further ado, it's game time. I have always been a huge Nintendo fan. My first console that I ever owned was a Super Nintendo that I was given as a gift by my parents when I was in kindergarten. Um, so my first game that I ever played that was mine personally that I owned was the Super Mario All-Stars collection with Super Mario World in it. And I mean, from that time, I, I have always been like a Nintendo guy. I am a huge fan of pretty much... Every single major Nintendo franchise, like Mario, Zelda, Star Fox, Kirby, even like newer-ish ones like Pikmin, Splatoon rules, um, so, so, almost everything, like any, almost any Nintendo franchise you can think of, Pokemon, uh, I, I am there. And I've been there forever since I had a Super Nintendo, and it's weird because in that time frame from the Super Nintendo all the way up until now with the Nintendo Switch, Nintendo's kind of like gone from being at the forefront to like kind of being in the background and what i mean by that is like super nintendo very popular nintendo 64 very popular gamecube kind of not anywhere near as popular as the playstation 2 uh even though they were like kind of on like equal footing in terms of like power and stuff like that then nintendo put out the wii and they like captured that whole the whole everyone basically they, they captured the whole world with that one and it was like took off as that huge motion control fad and then they put out the wii u and they like really kind of fell into obscurity like they put out a lot of good stuff on the wii u but it kind of did poorly in sales and like not many people bought a wii u and then now we have the switch and it is coming back around to nintendo having a 
kind of gimmick to their console, but this time I think it actually works. Um, and what I said last time in the podcast where I was talking about the Switch before it even had come out and they had just shown presentations is the Nintendo Switch uh, then seemed like everything that I wanted out of a Nintendo console. And now that it is here, I... I was right. Uh, I think that the Switch is everything I have ever wanted out of a Nintendo console. And what I mean by that is Nintendo has always had a home console and a handheld console on the market. So like, you know, the Super Nintendo and the original Game Boy, uh, the N64 and I guess the Game Boy Color was out at that time. And then like the GameCube had the Game Boy Advance and it had that kind of functionality. Uh, The DS and the Wii, you could like uh, kind of connect those together in some aspects. And then the 3DS like ran parallel with the end of the Wii and some of the Wii U, but like they never really had any connectivity. Um, But like, I love Nintendo handheld consoles too. Like, I think that the Game Boy Advance and the Nintendo DS library are like top notch. Like, there are amazing, amazing games on both of those platforms. And one of the things that kind of holds some people up in that regard is their handheld consoles, right? And a lot, like, especially in the US, uh, handheld consoles. Uh, generally aren't, like, played in public a lot. I know that it's a big deal in Japan. Um, You hear it anecdotally about, like, people playing stuff on the train because, like, public transportation is more of a big thing there. Um, But, like... Here in the U.S. at least, it's not as big of a thing. Generally, you see, like, young kids, like, at the store and stuff, like, playing uh, 3DS while their parents are shopping or something like that. And it's just interesting because it's a very different dynamic. And what always bummed me out was there are, like, all these really cool handheld-only franchises that are relegated to the handheld side, while you also have a bunch of top-notch console releases on the other side. And Nintendo is basically, like, has two faces, and they... They both rule, but they're never going to come together, right? They're splitting up these developers between these two things. And in my head, it didn't necessarily work out exactly this way, but in my head, the Switch was a marriage of those two things. And we would end up getting, like, handheld games that had, like, kind of maybe a little bit bigger scale because the Switch is, like, portable but also can be used on a TV. And it hasn't quite worked out like that. Um, I don't know... Uh, if it will ever end up like that, but Nintendo still seems, uh, like they're trying to live the dream where they say that, yeah, the 3DS is still a thing and we're gonna keep supporting it, and, like, they have been supporting it, quote-unquote, but, like, not with, like, a ton of releases like they used to. The Switch is definitely taking over, but the Switch is what I wanted it to be. It is a handheld Nintendo console that I can play while I'm lounging around on a small screen and it works well, and then I can just put it in the dock And then, boom, there it is. It is on the TV. And that gimmick, to me, still has not gotten old a year later. Like, I picked up the Switch the day it launched, March 3rd, 2017. I was there. I was outside Best Buy. And I... At that time, I was very very pleased with it, and I still continue to be. But the only game at that time was Breath of the Wild. The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. And... I have very, very positive feelings about Breath of the Wild. Um, I don't necessarily want to talk about the games too much in depth here, but I, th- there are two games on the Switch that I think are, like, next-level shit. Like, you have Breath of the Wild, and then you have Super Mario Odyssey, and they both are, like, game-changing, in my opinion. Like, they both change up those franchises in ways that... I never thought Nintendo would do, and they, uh, like, showed that Nintendo was willing to take 
large departures and that they can still make uh, killer games and breath of the wild does that in a way like it recaptures the magic that i felt the first time i played ocarina of time where it is like you are exploring this vast world and like every time you come across a new thing you're like oh that's so cool like i gotta go see that or like oh man this is really interesting and breath of the wild captures that in a way i have not felt in a video game in a super super long time um it is just uh, it is great. I, I absolutely love Breath of the Wild. And that that was the only game available at launch for the Switch, really, other than, like, 1-2 Switch, which was, like, this garbage-ass mini-game collection. That's garbage-ass is harsh, but it was it was not good. It was, like, meant to show off the Switch's unique capabilities, which, like, the HD rumble, which is, like, everybody knows what rumble in a game controller feels like. It's just, like, kind of, like, feedback, and, like, it's okay. I don't think it's, like, absolutely necessary to a video gaming experience, but, like, it can add to it a little bit and the hd rumble is supposed to be like more concentrated so it can like make certain feelings and things like that and there, there's a mini game in one two switch where you have the the joy cons which are the detachable controllers on the switch that you slide into the little tablet and you can take them off and use them as a regular controller as well um but but anyways there, there's a mini game that you like try to figure out how many balls are like in this box and you can like tilt the joy con and it will like feel like there are a couple little metal balls moving around inside the Joy-Con, and, like, that's cool, like, that the Rumble has that kind of fidelity, but that's, like, really the only cool use of it that I've seen out of any of the Switch games that I have. Uh, so, like, 1-2 Switch, in theory, is supposed to be, like, Wii Sports was to the Wii, where it, like, shows off what the console can do, what makes it special, and it kind of fails to do that uh in most ways um and it also wasn't a pack-in and like cost fifty dollars still and was like it was just a bad mini game collection right and so like initially with the switch it kind of that left kind of a bad taste in my mouth because it's like yes we have breath of the wild which is masterpiece and then you have games like one two switch and i think super bomberman r is really the only other one that i can think of that came out at launch and it was just like a generic bomberman game which you know bomberman's all right uh so th that's cool but it was like three games right and you know you got to take that with a grain of salt a little bit because most console console launches are kind of light but Breath of the Wild also came out in the Wii U, so at that point, it's kind of hard to justify outside of being someone like me who has to have the console on launch day, otherwise they will feel sad. Um, it's kind of hard to justify the purchase, and, like, 1-2-Switch is lame. Bomberman is not that great, and you can get it on, like, literally any platform. Like, Bomberman is everywhere. You can, most versions of Bomberman are the same. And, like, I had a Wii U, so I could have just played Breath of the Wild on there. But... I didn't, and I, I don't regret it at all. I I really, really like the Switch, and I think the portable aspect adds to that quite a bit. Um, and at first, within those first couple of months there, like uh, March, April, and May, I was thinking to myself, like, man, I think that the Switch is going to be another bomb like the Wii U was. Uh, I think that it will be very cool, and it is going to appeal to a certain subsection of people like myself, and then it's just not going to appeal to a wider audience. And I am very glad to report here that I could not have been more wrong. And it seems like most developers originally had the same thought I did, and that the Switch is cool, and it has a cool gimmick, but it is not going to sell to a wide audience. And they were wrong as well. So that is why 
now you see a bunch of major developers like Damco Bandai and a couple others like scrambling to get their stuff on the Switch because it blew up in a way that people did not really expect. And you know, that that's not necessarily true of everyone. Like I, I have seen a lot of people say like, yeah, I always thought the Switch was going to succeed. But like, I thought the Switch was going to see, succeed for me personally, but I did not think that it would hit on a large scale. And like the sales numbers show that it is insane. Like, let's take a look at this number here. Uh, on like it was January 31st um, a bunch of articles came out saying that the Switch had surpassed the lifetime sales of the Wii U so for example the the Wii U came out November 18th 2012 I was dumb and I bought it um, and I was one of the few people who ended up buying a Wii U and it had a couple good games and they were good but most people did not experience it and so in its lifetime between, no, let's just say November 18th, 2012 and January 31st, 2018, it, the Wii U had sold 13.56 million copies, million, million units worldwide, right? That's not a lot. For five years, well, I guess technically six, almost six years, That that's wild because the Switch sold 14.7 million units in less than a year. So in less than a year after its launch, the Switch had surpassed the lifetime sales of the Wii U years and years. And so it's crazy because I see people playing the Switch or asking me about buying a Switch who I never ever, ever, ever would expect to be like, yeah, I gotta get in on this new video game console. And I think part of it is people, uh, especially my age, like I'm, I'm 27 and I am personally very nostalgic for my childhood and things like the Super Nintendo. And I know a lot of people that are my age also have like very fond feelings of being a kid and playing Super Mario, playing The Legend of Zelda on a Super Nintendo, or in some cases, even a Nintendo. And they they know that that was good, and they just want to check out what the new stuff is. And I think that's really awesome. But also, just I think the fact that the thing itself is portable does a lot for some people, because they might not necessarily be able to, like, sit at home and play video games. They might be kind of busy, or people have, like, I don't know, people my age, like, tend to have, you got a full-time job, or you've got kids now, and you have to take care of, like, adult responsibilities, and then you can't just come home and sit down and play video games necessarily. So it's cool to be able to just take this full home console with you when you go somewhere. Like, people have a morning commute, like, maybe you sit on a bus, or or you take a train or something like that, and then you can actually take this with you. And now you may be thinking like, oh, Manny, you were saying earlier that like that doesn't necessarily happen in the U.S. as much as it does in Japan. And while that is true, um, people use their phones like on a commute all the time and stuff like that. And I think the difference between what the Switch is and like what a DS was is that the Switch is in theory, a full home console. Like, it has that full console Mario experience, but just there in your hands. And I think that is also part of what threw some people off of, like, playing games on a DS is like, yes, I have this Mario game, but it's like this dumbed-down handheld Mario experience made for the DS. And, like, then you, you put Super Mario Odyssey on the fucking handheld Switch thing, and it looks incredible. Like, you are playing a 
full HD game right there in your hands. And I still, like, (laughs) it makes me feel, like, get giddy thinking about it because it is absolutely wild. Because if you have played a 3DS, like, you have that shitty, dinky, like, sub-SD resolution screen like if it's like 320 or something like that it's like it's awful and you like try to blow it up like i sometimes i try to stream original ds games and it just looks like ugh, like this just looks so gross and like it doesn't look that great but like the the resolution difference between a 3ds screen and going up to the switch is bananas and it is like a magical thing that like you have it on the tv you pull it off and it is right there in your hands and that is really cool and it is really cool for all the first party nintendo things so like all of the first party nintendo things with the exclusion of what i believe to be one thing all run super super well in handheld mode and that was one of my main concerns back before they announced it is they said that when it is docked it will have the gpu the graphics card will have additional um clock speed when it is docked and then when it's in handheld mode it will like slow down a little bit because it has to try to like conserve battery and like yeah the battery life on the switch isn't great but like it's a couple hours in most cases and like that's enough usually uh before you can get to a charging like you're back to your dock and charge it again or something like that or you could just bring like a it uses USB-C so you could just bring a USB-C charger um and, and go that route uh but it is it is interesting because I was worried that the games would look not great in handheld mode and kind of run poorly and that at least for almost every first party nintendo game is accurate breath of the wild actually runs better in handheld mode because it is scaling down from 1080p to 720p so like breath of the wild runs smoother in handheld mode and that's the way i played it most of the time um and then you would put it on the tv and it'd be 1080p and look a little bit better but sometimes you would take frame rate hits on the in the docked mode and like each game will have its own trade-offs in that regard um but like super mario odyssey for example right uh it came out this past october and it came out just in time for me to take a trip to colorado to visit my friend and it was really cool like i was able to play that on the plane and there is at least as far as i saw playing all the way through the main game there is like no compromise between playing it docked and playing it in handheld mode like odyssey just looks and runs uh, about the same across across both and like that's really cool um the same i th- can be said for splatoon um nintendo's interesting first party fighting game arms also works that way uh and it just it it's cool and and it works well um i i personally have not played many third-party releases um but they don't all work super great from what i am to understand uh it, it all depends because companies are still learning what they can and can't get away with because the switch hardware itself is like not necessarily anywhere near as powerful as like a playstation 4 or a xbox one is so they can't just directly port like current gen games down to the switch it might be more realistic for them to try to port like PS3 games, PS2 games, uh, or like Xbox 360 games. Like those would probably translate just fine, uh, which is happening in some cases. Like Dark Souls is freaking getting ported to the Switch, so there will be a handheld version of Dark Souls, and that's that's buck wild that I'm saying that a Dark Souls game is going to be ported to a Nintendo console. Um, but it, it's just odd. There, There's all kinds of shit coming out on the Switch. Like, it is the perfect place to play any PC indie games that you have missed out on. Because, boy, is every indie game under the sun being ported to the Switch. And I couldn't be more happy about that. Because... 
I am one of the suckers who liked the PlayStation Vita, and saying that out loud makes me want to cry a little bit because the Vita got shafted by Sony. It was an interesting console, the, the handheld console that was very ergonomic, um, but they just Sony didn't really put a lot of weight behind it. There weren't a lot of first-party games, but indie developers took to porting their like kind of low-poly indie games to the Vita and like that's really cool like Rogue Legacy and a bunch of games like that that have like 16-bit graphics that don't really require a lot to run were being ported to the Vita and now that the Vita basically Sony like emptied like a full clip of bullets into the Vita so now it's like finally dead um now the Switch is taking up that mantle like I went to the the eShop the other day, and there were like 15, 20 games that I didn't even know were being ported to the Switch, and like, they're just popping up every day, but like, it's not just like random trash, like phone ports and things like this, like it is actually like good shit. Like, Crypt of the Necrodancer I saw the other day, Enter the Gungeon, and it's like, well-known games like this, like high-profile indie releases that are coming out on the Switch, and they're like uncompromised because they can basically run on like a toaster, like they don't require a whole lot, but they're still really cool, good experiences, and like paying like $10-15 for Crypt of the Necrodancer on the Switch, and then you can take it anywhere with you, and it's like a cool, good, portable version of that game that runs well, like that's awesome. Um, And, and there's just a whole bunch of stuff, like my favorite game of 2017 was Night in the Woods, and it is basically just like a side-scrolling adventure game that is mostly just art. Like, there's not any real 3D in it or anything, but that is on the Switch now too, and that is just something that developers can do very easily now, because the Switch doesn't seem like it's super hard to code for. I guess I can't say that with any real authority, because I don't know how to code or anything, but it seems like a lot of developers have started to port their stuff to the Switch, and I think that's interesting. But it's weird because I probably will not end up buying a lot of those games on the Switch, and that is what I, I'm i kind of conflicted on the Switch right now. I'm very excited that I will be able to play all these first-party Nintendo games, and I think it's really, really cool that they are porting all of these indie games and things like that. But two issues arise from this. Um, one is that I will probably buy all those indie games on the PC or the PS4 where they will also come, and that is because, in theory, they will run better. And, like, yes, a lot of these things that I'm talking about don't necessarily need a lot of, like, processing power to run on the Switch, but in almost every scenario, they will run better on a PC or on my PS4. And it's kind of weird because, like, if I'm going to be playing the Switch at home, which I personally would be most of the time because, like, I drive myself to work, I would rather be playing these games on my cool 4K TV in 4K. And so, like, that's weird, but I, it is cool to have a portable version of these games. But the other thing that rubs me, and, and this is, like, basically, like, I feel like I'm one of the 12 people on Earth that this rubbed me the wrong way, is, uh... They're porting, like, pretty much every single Wii U game to the Switch. And now, that's really cool. Like, if you think about that, not a lot of people played the amazing, amazing games that Nintendo put out on the Wii U. And now, a bunch of people are getting to actually experience things like Mario Kart 8, like Pokken, like Bayonetta 2. Uh, they're getting to experience those on the Switch in like new higher definition graphics and in some cases having a little bit more content. And then you have people like me who were dumb enough to buy a Wii U back then and play all 
these games there. And it's like, I feel like I'm getting like kind of burned because I already supported Nintendo in this. And now they're putting out these games that I have already played and I definitely don't want to spend $60 on again. Uh, like to take Mario Kart 8, for example, right? I paid $60 for that game the day it came out on the Wii U. And I love Mario Kart 8. It is incredible. Mario Kart 8 is might actually be my favorite Mario Kart game. I can't decide between that and Mario Kart Wii, but I, I don't know. I'd have to I'd have to think about it a little bit more. And then I also paid for the DLC packs for that game when they came out, which I believe was about $20 for both. So I paid $80 for Mario Kart 8 and all of its content on the Wii U. So it's like, it's kind of dumb because like, I love that game, but like, I definitely don't want to spend $60 again to get it on the Switch again, because it's not like the Wii, my Wii U just like combusted as soon as the Switch came out. Like I still have my Wii U, it's hooked up. I can just play Mario Kart 8, but it sucks because like I have friends who got a Switch and never had a Wii U and they got Mario Kart 8 and it's like they want me to be able to play with them on the Switch. But like I, I just, I feel so weird about paying $60 for that same game again and that's such a short time frame. Um, so like that is like a unique burn on me, I guess, but it is, I think it's amazing because I, I was saying this to people months into the Wii U's life, the, or, or bleh, months into the Switch's life, is that it is basically, by the end of its first year, going to be almost exactly on par with the Wii U. And I was correct, because just within the past couple weeks, it has pretty much got every single thing, almost, that the Wii U has got. So... It is weird because there are, like, direct parallels. Like, you take on the Wii U, you have Breath of the Wild, which was the only, like, brand new Zelda game that they released on the Wii U because it was originally supposed to be for that, and then they delayed it a bit to put it on the Switch. So you have Breath of the Wild on both of these platforms. Then, on the Wii U, uh, like, just let's, let's take an example. You had uh, Bayonetta 1 and 2. Boom. That is on the Switch now, too, which is crazy. And Bayonetta 3 is going to come out exclusively for the Switch as well, which is buck wild. Platinum is getting a chance to make another Bayonetta game. Very good uh, action uh, character action game. Bayonetta rules. You should play it if you have not. It's wild. Um, and then you have, like, Splatoon 1 on the Wii U, and you have Splatoon 2 on the Switch. And that is, like, those are the same uh, like, Splatoon 2 has more content and stuff, but it is basically, like, that is on par with Splatoon 1, so that rules. Um, you have Mario Kart 8 on both platforms, so you got that covered. You have Pokken, the Pokemon fighting game, on both platforms, so you got that covered. You had Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze on the Wii U, and they recently announced that Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze is coming out for the Switch as well, and that rules. Like, having that really amazing Donkey Kong platformer on the Switch, especially in handheld mode, would be really cool, and it seems like they're adding some new content to that it's like funky mode or something and it uh makes it like an easy mode for young kids i forgot to mention that pocken will be getting more dlc uh for the switch version i think the two new pokemon iga slash and i can't remember the other one off the top of my head but the new dlc characters right like that's cool mario kart 8 they fixed the battle mode in the switch version like the battle mode sucked in the wii u version it was just like you're basically just racing a normal race and you gotta hit each other which is stupid it went back to the like classic battle mode we all know and love from mario kart 64 and like it's just it is every hit that the wii u had almost is pound for pound there on the switch within the first year there are a couple like weird exceptions like the wonderful 101 
was a Wii U game that doesn't really have any kind of equivalent on the Switch. Um, Pikmin 3 was on the Wii U, and that doesn't really have any kind of thing on the Switch. But, like, it'll get there, and it has almost, literally almost everything that made the Wii U kind of special. And that's cool. Within its first year, the Switch is already surpassing the Wii U, and so Nintendo can only go up from here. Um... What I think is kind of crazy is I think it will be very hard for them to top what they did in 2017 because, like, Breath of the Wild was amazing and won so many Game of the Year awards from so many websites. It was one of my, it was my, I believe, number three Game of the Year for 2017. Like, it just was critically acclaimed. It was, it was mind-blowing, right? And then you had Odyssey, right? And that came out in October and like that blew everybody's mind away. I I have friends who don't really play video games that much anymore who like played so much Odyssey it's insane. Like my friend Calvin I know who listens to this podcast, he collected every single goddamn moon in that game. There's 880 moons. That's ludicrous. And he did all of that. And like it's making people play these games in ways that I never thought they would end up doing and it's partially because it's portable and it's just it's a well-made system. Um And so, like, they put out all these excellent things on the Switch in the first year. Splatoon 2, ARMS, and then you have what's happening in 2018, and it's like they haven't really said a whole lot. Uh, A ton of ports are coming. A bunch of Wii U ports are coming, just as they did in the first year, like Pokken and Mario Kart 8 came out in 2017. Uh, Tropical Freeze and uh, Bayonetta 1 and 2 came, or come, well, Tropical Freeze is coming out in 2018. Bayonetta 1 and 2 did come out in 2018. I think it was just a couple weeks ago they came out. And then you don't have much past that, right? Nintendo announced that they have a Yoshi game in the works, uh, which looks kind of interesting. There's a Kirby game that should be coming out, I think? Is it next month? I don't know. The Kirby game looks pretty interesting. Um, but outside of that, there like really aren't any huge first-party releases. Uh, there's just a bunch of like cool ports coming. Like I said, uh, Dark Souls, which is one of my all-time favorite games. I can't believe I waited so long to play Dark Souls. I will definitely be purchasing Dark Souls again on the Switch uh, because, man, Dark Souls is... Dark Souls is great. I like it a lot. And being able to play it handheld is really cool. Um, and it should have all the DLC and stuff in it. And th- that's just a really cool package because it's remastered. It'll also be coming out on PS4 and uh, and PC in their remastered form. So I might get it on PS4, but w- we'll see. And like the one of my all-time favorite DS games, The World Ends With You, the Square Enix game, um, that is also getting a port to the Switch. And so there's like, there's cool ports and stuff like that announced. And like, other than Kirby and Yoshi, they don't really have any first party releases announced. So pardon the language here, but I feel like Nintendo may have blown their load in 2017. And I don't know that 2018 will be able to, uh, elicit the same reaction from fans and critics. Uh, but I don't think that necessarily matters because the amount of, units that they put out in one year of the Switch is going to make a lot of developers excited to develop and port things to the Switch. So unlike previous Nintendo consoles, they are notoriously known for having terrible, terrible third-party support, and that 
seems to be not the case with the Switch. Like I said, all these indie games are coming out. Uh, developers are port- trying to port their games left and right. It doesn't matter how fast it happens. They gotta get it on there. Like, Namco Bandai is trying to cram every fucking game they've got going on onto the Switch. Like, Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2 has no business being on the Switch, but they fucking ported it there. It's happening. They seem to be teasing that they might be porting a Dragon Ball Fighter Z to the Switch and just all kinds of stuff. Like, Namco seems to be going headfirst into it and just like a lot of developers do. And I think that's really cool and I'm excited to see what ends up happening. I personally hope that the Switch starts to get a lot more like unique stuff. Like I would like to see more handheld oriented type games. Um, There is a rumor that Pokemon will be coming out on the Switch uh, sometime this year. I personally don't think that's true. I think that would be a more a 2019 thing, but it would be interesting to see if that's the case. If Game Freak is really pushing out a Pokemon game to get it out on Switch this year, I think that would be mind-blowing. Um, but I personally would like to see stuff like, I would like to see Capcom uh, do some stuff with Phoenix Wright, because those are some amazing DS games. Like, stuff like that, uh... Like, there's a Shin Megami Tensei game announced for the Switch, and hopefully that ends up being something akin to, like, the what the DS ones were. Um, the new Inazuma 11 game, I stream it, the anime soccer goodness, I stream it every Wednesday. Um, but the new Inazuma 11 game is coming out on the Switch this summer. Uh, it is also coming out on the PS4, so we'll, we'll see how that turns out, but... There, there will be more stuff, and it's just right now what is on the horizon necessarily hasn't piqued my interest a whole lot. Uh, but Nintendo's doing their weird Nintendo thing, man. Like, Nintendo Labo? Uh, that's crazy. Not necessarily, like, super video gamey, but, like, building stuff out of cardboard and then, like, having it interface with some software on the Switch and using the Switch's infrared stuff that comes off the Joy-Cons, like, that's crazy. Um, Labo looks really cool. Uh, I mean, not necessarily as a video game, and it's, like, $80 for basically, like, a box of cardboard, but it's really cool, and it's really audacious for them to come out and be like, we have this cool thing, and we think people will like it. And, like, I... I think weird Nintendo is the best Nintendo. Like that's, that's a saying that people often say. And that is true. Like they, they just put stuff out there. They throw it at the wall and they see what sticks like, and I think it's really cool that Nintendo has been doing that the past couple years. Like, they were notoriously bad about just doing the same thing over and over with their franchises. And, like, Breath of the Wild broke that mold. Super Mario Odyssey was kind of like the other ones, but ended up breaking the mold. It was doing more. It was more ambitious. Uh, they weren't good at putting out new intellectual property so then you got like boom they put out splatoon on the wii u and like that blew up in a way that i never thought i would enjoy like shooting ink out of a weird squid thing into shooter made by nintendo who wants that but it ended up being really cool and like even though i don't think arms is a very good game it's a it's a very odd fighting game uh but like they put that out there and like the character designs are kind of cool and i it's it's cool that Within the past couple of years, it seems like Nintendo's direction has changed a little bit, and they are not as afraid as they once were to try out a bunch of new stuff. Like, Darren talks with DreamWorks to make a fucking CG Mario movie. Like, they are putting out phone games. They are letting people like Ubisoft make Switch-exclusive games like Mario Cross Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Like, Nintendo used to never, ever, ever, ever 
let people touch their IP. They were super protective of it. And now you have all these fucking mobile games. They're just out there. And like Ubisoft actually made a killer product with uh, Mario Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Like it is basically just like Mario XCOM. And like that's a really cool, interesting thing to have on the Switch. And I hope more stuff like Mario Cross Rabbids ends up being what the Switch game output is. Because it's like it's new, interesting, cool stuff. And like I said, like, ARMS didn't necessarily hit in a big way, but, like, it was fucking different, man. It was interesting. It was cool. And it's just, it's it's so cool to see this company that I grew up loving. They're, like, they're in the shit right now. They're trying all kinds of cool stuff, and I love to see where it's going. The Switch, to me, is, like, the embodiment of everything that Nintendo could have been this whole time. They are merging the handheld market for them and the console market into one thing. And like I said, they're still trying to pretend like a 3DS is a thing, but within the next couple of years, that'll fizzle out. And I think that the Switch will have one of the most incredible libraries on a Nintendo console that a Nintendo console has ever had. And like, that is a really cool prospect. It's, it's just so cool that I can come home from work I can slide off the Joy-Cons and I can just sit down on the couch and play it. And then if I get a little sleepy or a little lazier, I got to go upstairs. I can slide the Joy-Cons right back onto the Switch, pull it up with me and just take it somewhere and go. And it's I, I'm just so glad that the concept did work as well as it seemed in those initial pitches. And it also does seem like Nintendo is trying to work with other developers and get all kinds of cool games out there. Third parties seem to be flocking to the things, all kinds of indie games that all the third party developers are trying to port for it. It's selling well, and it is selling out places. Um, I don't necessarily know if that's true anymore, but for a long time, it was selling out places, and I think that is really cool to see another Nintendo console like be out of stock everywhere uh, because it is just so wildly popular. And this, what's even more amazing about this is this is just one year in. Like, Nintendo has so much more time to put out cool stuff and try new things that it's just, I, I'm so excited for the possibilities, right? And while some of the stuff may not necessarily be, like, super great, like, they still haven't seemed to master the art of online video gaming. Uh, like, they, they've delayed their online service, which seems like you're gonna have to pay $20 a year for it for months and months, and now it seems like it's coming out this fall, but, like, will it actually? Because it's been delayed so many times. There's no virtual console, so, like, there's no way to purchase old games, uh, like, Super Nintendo games and things like that that like you could on the Wii and Wii U and like how will that stuff come together like I've already bought those on those platforms will I be able to buy it again on the on the Switch and get like a discount like I, I don't know and those are all things that remain to be seen but what the Switch is right now even without that stuff is really cool and it is just like it is basically a tiny little console of potential. Like, I <laughs> I see all these things in my head, and I just get so excited thinking about it because Nintendo is going to put out some wild stuff in the next couple of years, and I cannot wait to see where they go from here. And so... I, I, I could talk about the Switch for hours if I had to, but I'm going to try to cut myself off here. I'm going to try to, for once, be under an hour in the in the podcast department. But yeah, man, the Switch is one years old today. One year old today. Happy birthday, Nintendo Switch. I'm very excited, and I can't wait to see where you go next. But that is going to do it for episode 31 
of uh, Game Time with Manny here, and I look forward to seeing you guys next time. Uh, but first, we I gotta say, as every time, the theme song for the podcast is the song Sting Operation by the chiptune band Anamanaguchi. They are a very, very good band. You guys should check them out. With that, I will see you next time. Peace out.